Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. It's always a special day when the Greenhouse can actually get out of the studio and no more spectacular than it is today. Maria Chaleos uh, off again this week, finishing up a well deserved vacation. Uh, that I've been jealous of watching some of the photos on uh, online. But we are in Santa Quin today as a part of the Hidden Garden Tour, and uh, 350 West, 200 South is the location for this research garden for Olson's Greenhouse. Brian Lloyd is here. Tom Bettis, of course, here to answer your questions. And, uh, Sharon, we, we'll get to you coming up. But Brian's got to run here in a second, Tom, because uh, your house is also a part yeah. of this tour today. Yeah, if you want to see what the owner of a greenhouse does with his yard, Come by to the Hidden Garden Tour. <laughs> My house is in Mapleton. I'm going to run and greet people there uh, in just a moment. But we're here at the at our research gardens today, which is where we have thousands of varieties of annuals and perennials that we look at and research for upcoming years. I'm glad you uh, bring flowers into your yard because my guess is a lot of people, like if you're in the business of making hot dogs, you don't serve hot dogs <laughs> much at the house. <laughs> uh, but uh, I've seen pictures of your your yard, and it really is spectacular. Tell people what they're going to see on this hidden tour today, not just at your house or here, but elsewhere. Yeah, the Hidden Garden Tour has been around for a long time. Uh, it's something I've always enjoyed. My wife and I, like. it's kind of like the parade of homes for gardens. And it, if you ever wanted to... If you've seen a nice front yard, but you wanted to sneak behind and over the gate and look at what's in the backyard, this is your opportunity to do it. And we've got eight beautiful homes on the Hidden Garden Tour. Olson's Greenhouse is a sponsor of the tour, but it's all the proceeds go to charity. It's not ran by Olson's Greenhouse. We just sponsor it. And it's a, it's a great opportunity to see different landscape ideas and, and see what people are doing in their backyards as well as their well, front. Well, that's a main point for me, Ton, uh, that you will get some ideas on, you know, you say, well, we kind of have a space like that in our backyard. We could do the same thing. Yeah, and you can go to these different homes and see just wildly different landscape themes and ideas, but they're all beautiful and they're you know, folks that know what they're doing because they've done the work on their own. You know, a lot of these homes have not been professionally landscaped. The homeowners have taken it from the ground up and said, you know, this is what you need to do to make this work. And this is how we installed it. And so you can get great ideas on how to do it yourself if you're interested in that. But just get great ideas for landscaping. And if you go to hiddengarden.org, Brian, you're going to find, uh, I guess, a full map of where you can go today. Yeah, exactly. Or you can and you can purchase tickets there online as well. And or you can purchase tickets on site at the two check-in gardens. So there's one in Springville 
Uh, and then the one we're at at Olson's Greenhouse in Santaquin. And here's the other thing. You're going to get your name in uh, just by buying a ticket. Plus, I, c- I guess you can buy additional tickets if you'd like a better chance at a $500 shopping spree. Yeah, everybody that has a ticket to the Hidden Garden Tour gets a raffle ticket at the Olson's Greenhouse Research Gardens today. Uh, and then you, you can buy additional raffle tickets uh, for a $5 donation, get you an extra raffle ticket, and all those proceeds go to the Ronald McDonald House here in Utah. This research garden normally is not open to the public, so that's one of the main attractions. And here's the other thing. Olson's is actually enlisting you to help them do a little market research on what colors, what varieties, what combinations uh, should be available on a shelf in a place near you. Yeah, we do grow a, a lot of combinations each year, but we change those up and, and expand on them and add new in every year. And so we put together 300 never-before-seen combinations of flowers and varieties, different colors all together. They've been growing on for several months, so they're full and lush and gorgeous out here in the trial gardens. It's really a sight to see. They fit on just over an acre of land that we have down here. We want your vote. We want you to tell us what you think looks the best and what you would grace your back patio with. And you just use those little sprinkler flags to yep. place it in the pot. It's Every raffle ticket gets a sprinkler flag, and if you want more votes, you can buy more raffle tickets. <laughs> it's a great idea. 350 West, 200 South in Santa Quinn. By the way, when you come to this location, the uh, street taco trucks are uh, up and running, and we'll have uh, street tacos and churros and some other things. So, Brian, uh, good luck with the tour today. Yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for coming down. Thanks for having us. Our all right, let's take a phone call here, Tom. That would be Sharon, who's on the line in Pleasant Grove and has a lawn question. I hope uh, it's not the grubs we were talking about earlier. Hi, Sharon. Hi. It may be the grubs, but um, anyway, I, it doesn't, the, uh, I've got patches that are dying, and I've tried to give them extra water, and that didn't work. And, but I try to pull them up like you do with grubs, and it doesn't really come up easily. But uh, I don't know if I can do a preventive bug killer, or but we also have robins a lot in our yard, and I don't want to kill all them off. I don't quite know well, what to do. Are the robins pecking at the lawn itself? Or are they almost like going through like little soldiers and pecking stuff out of your grass? They're, they seem to be get, yeah, they seem to be getting the worms out of the grass. Well, they could be getting other things also. I mean, so that's one thing to watch for. But if those brown spots are not pulling up easily, it probably is not insect-related at this point. But it may be worth putting down a preventative if you've had problems in the past. Now, one thing that some of these preventatives do is actually kill the earthworms temporarily and so it isn't that you would harm the robins it's just that you may eliminate a food source for a couple of months because of the um, secondary effects of these uh, killers the the Uh grub killers so you could um, and if you're sure that it's just earthworms then that's fine. But if they're pecking out, you know, billbug grubs or um, sod webworm larvae like the little caterpillars, then those birds could be an indication that you do have insects chewing on it. So what I would do is get a sample of recently brown lawn and mail it to the USU Pest Lab. And for about 10 or 15 bucks, they'll look at it and give you a pretty good idea of what they think is going on. And so what you would what do I is do just a- take a four or five inch square with a couple of inches of soil on the bottom and get one of those mail anything boxes from the post okay. office, put that in a 
plastic sack with opened a little bit or a paper bag and then get it in the mail up to USU campus. You can go to, if you just Google USU pest sample submission, um, that will bring up the form and tell you, give you instructions on where to send it. Okay, it's USU sample? Pest lab sample submission. Submission. Yeah. Okay. So USU one pest question, lab sample. I, Go ahead. I over-fertilized a couple of places that I've killed, like, an 8-inch by 12-inch piece of lawn. Is there anything I can put in to kind of help bring that back or just ignore it and let it well, go in? Well, you can water it heavily to leach the salts through. And if you wanted to do it so- sooner, you could dig it out and take six inches of soil out, replace it, and put a new patch of sod over the top. Okay. But I, I think I'll probably let it just regrow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Hey, thank you very much for your help. Sharon, thank you. Uh, I do want to get Michael in before we have to break here. Michael's in Clinton. Uh, The other lines are open now at KSL Talk, 801-575-8255. Mike, what's going on? Yeah, my question might be similar to what was just asked. Uh, I noticed an increase of these white uh, moths in my yard. I wanted to see, are are they harmful? Uh, If so, how do I get rid of them? And then how do I prevent them from... Coming back. So when you walk through your lawn, especially in the evening, are you seeing them fly up? Correct. So I, like I mowed okay. my lawn the other evening, and, and then because of that vibration and when I walked through in the evening especially, yeah. it you sounds see them sod you can't see them other than that. Yeah, it sounds like sod webworm, and they can be very devastating to a lawn, but they're also easy to get rid of. So you okay. would just go to a local garden center, farm store, and pick up a bag of lawn insect killer. You can use a preventative to keep them out for the whole season, or you can get some bags if it's less expensive. But you'll need to treat three or four times weekly because they you'll have the moths, larvae, and eggs present at the same time, and they don't have a definite life cycle. And so you need to treat more than once if you're using the less expensive. If you have a preventative that's season-long, one application should do it. Now, what you'll see is those moths will still fly up for a few weeks, but because you have the preventative down, and it's if it's applied correctly, it'll kill the little caterpillars the moth larvae and so over time you'll just see a gradual reduction in the number of adults because they can't pupate into adults because you're trying to kill the larvae gotcha all right is there any sort of spray potentially yeah there's lots of them stick with granules if you do a spray you need to follow the instructions closely because if you spray it oftentimes just sticks to the top of the grass and you oh, okay. oftentimes need to water them in. So there's several sprays available. Just follow the instructions on there. Sometimes it'll actually say spray and then irrigate for five or ten minutes to drive the solution down. Just follow the instructions on them. Okay, perfect. Appreciate it. All right, Michael, thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. 801-575-8255. We do need to take a break here. Jared's jumping on the line. We uh, haven't looked at text here for a while, so we'll grab a couple of those on the other side, and then we'll tell you more about uh, the Hidden Garden Tour that's going on today. Find out for yourself what uh, is happening between uh, Springville to Sanaquin. You can get that information at hiddengarden.org on a picture-perfect June day, and we'll hope you come see us here in Sanaquin. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids 
doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the KSL Greenhouse on a beautiful June day, and uh, we can say that firsthand because we're sitting out in Santa Quint at the Research Garden for uh, Olson's Greenhouse. We'll tell you more about what's going on here, but people are already starting to come through the gate. It officially will open this hidden garden tour today at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. Ton, uh, I mean, describe just for a second what we're looking at here. Well, this is the research area, and Kenton can chip in here, but they have gone to a lot of work to make this look like a botanical garden. And you come in, and it's just gorgeous flowers everywhere, and they even have fancy bougie toilets <laughs> that are not they're not just the blue tower buildings but these are actual it looks like there's even an air conditioner on top but kevin costner sat in these toilets (laughs) i don't know if he sat in that toilet but in one of those one of those he did but um yeah we got these from uh, a a company called the laboratory utah and this one actually came from a set that kevin costner is actually uh, doing a a film down in moab and uh, kanab called the horizon i think it's called or horizon yeah Anyway, here, yeah, this is uh, this is the first time we've actually opened our uh, trial research garden. We're actually calling it the uh, the Jack and Nola Ray Olson Research Garden. We're actually in the backyard of where Olson's greenhouse started back in the '60s, and so we've finally opened this up uh, to be able to uh, show the public. We're part of the Hidden Garden Tour, and Ton was talking briefly about a botanical garden. We actually love that it's a working garden. Mm. We don't want it to be where it's just a show garden where you just come and look at the beauty and everything of it. Brian was talking about uh, budding the flowers and everything. We want it to grow just like it would in somebody's backyard. Right. And what people need to know is every one of these uh, planters that you're looking at, it can't be found on a store shelf anywhere right now. Correct. There are some different varieties of the species. But this actual combo is not in the stores at that market at this point. And we're going to tell you more about it coming up here in uh, just a minute with Kenton's help. I didn't know we were going to talk uh, Kevin Costner DNA today, which is a little weird for the Come use the toilets that Kevin Costner used. (laughs) They are nice. I'm a little uncomfortable with that, actually. Um, So let's answer a couple of questions here from the text line. Uh, One came from Blanding that said, What city listed on the USU Pest Advisory spray dates can I follow? Oh, boy. when you get down south, I wish I had the list on there, but you need to look at your average frost-free days. And if you're in a 120 or 130 frost-free day area, then find a similar city that it is on there. So you might follow something like Heber. But uh, that's going to be call your local extension office, and they can give you a better idea of what city to follow for that climate down there if there isn't one close. 
Do you know uh, what that might be? The no, uh, well, who I'm they more reach out to in Blanding, or they do, and but the extension office could give them a good idea of what similar city to use down there because those cities you've got Blanding right there, and then Monticello, and so you would talk to your local extension office, and they'll say, "Oh, go off of Orem or go off of this one," because along the north in northern Utah we have weather stations that we kind of base these locations off of. And when you get into southern Utah, where there's not a lot of commercial fruit growing and the populations are a little smaller, it can become a little more difficult. Yeah. But the local extension office can get that information to them. There were two texts, and they may be related here. We've had calls about Cytospora uh, earlier this morning, and we've got another person talking about a jelly substance at the base of their peach tree. Could be a boar, could be Cytospora. Probably greater peach tree boar. If it's right at the base, and especially just like a half inch underground with some above ground, and it's almost like a thick jelly, um, almost like a consistency of jello, except for it kind of turns a dark brown-black color over time, that's going to be greater peach tree borer. Clear that away carefully. See if the borers, the actual larvae, are right at the surface of the bark, and if they're there, just pull them out. Yeah. Uh, then somebody wondering about whether uh, diluted soapy water would help kill mushrooms in the lawn. That, again, is uh, water. No. It's, it's the wet weather we've been having, the cooler temperatures. When we start to get hot and drier, normally those will diminish. If you're overwatering your, your lawn, especially in shaded areas, they won't. All right, Jared, jump in here from Pleasant Grove. It's a pleasure to have you listening. You're on with Tom Bettis. Thank you for having me on. I have a question about a pine tree. Um, it's a large, like, 80-foot pine tree in our backyard in Pleasant Grove. Um, we've had other trees in the neighborhood blow over, and so we've been leery of this tree for a while. Plus, it doesn't really offer us much shade. So we're hoping to remove this tree and plant something that could have a good shade canopy, like a maple or something. And I was curious of, one, do we need to do anything to the soil? after we remove a pine tree to plant something else? And what type of trees would grow best, provide great yard shade? Well, you don't need to get your local spiritual leader in there to bless the soil or anything. (laughs) Um, The needles that drop don't toxicify, make the soil toxic. They're just there, and they're super thick, so things don't grow under the tree very well. They're also, they take a long time to break down, and then the shade from the tree can cause things to not do well. So if you have the tree removed, just rake the needles up. You can actually use them for a mulch in your flower beds. They do it all the time in the south, and they're fine. And you can use those to prevent weeds and hold water in. But once that tree is removed, I think you'll be just fine. Awesome. All right, That's J- great to know. Okay, Jared, thanks for the call. Uh, We appreciate it. We've got news coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, Kenton Phillips will join us right on the other side. We'll talk more about what's going on here. If you want information about the garden tour that is uh, now officially open, or it will be anyway in the next minute or two, just go to hiddengarden.org. They'll be open until 6 o'clock tonight. They're spread out from Springville to Santaquin. Uh, There's a bonus garden in Holiday that we understand will not just be open today, but open tomorrow. And uh, we're in Santaquin, so stop by the... uh, Taco trucks are up and running. I just follow your nose here uh, to 350 West, 200 South in Santa Quin. The final hour of the greenhouse is coming up. 
Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.